0: Greetings, friends, and brethren in the Lord. Welcome to Voice in the Wilderness. I'm Don Noble of Pure Heart Ministries, and I welcome you today with exceedingly great joy. I hope you had a blessed Easter. It is a very special holy time of, of the year when we celebrate the death of Jesus on the cross. And more than that, we celebrate the glorious resurrection of our Christ from death to life. And we say that He is alive. Forevermore. so we are going back and getting back into the book of first Corinthians I started uh, a couple weeks ago in this book and we're going to continue so let's just open with prayer father we thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross to reconcile all of mankind to yourself We thank you, Father, for that shed blood, for the remission of sin. And we thank you, Father, for the glorious resurrection of Jesus Christ, who now sits at the hand of the Father. Lord, we thank you for Paul the Apostle who wrote this incredible book called The First Corinthians. And we ask, Lord, that you would illuminate this teaching, Father, that what Paul has to say would help us in our daily lives, help us to know the standard by which we live We thank you for that, in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, I'm going to be reading out of the New King James Version of the Bible and also out of the Amplified Version of the Bible, and um, so if you have your Bible, let's start in 1 Corinthians with verse 10. Now, I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. For it has been declared to me concerning you, my brethren, by those of Chloe's household that there are contentions among you. Now, I say this. That each of you says, I am of Paul, or I am of Apollos, or I am of Cephas, or I am of Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius, lest anyone should say that I had baptized in my own name. Yes. I also baptized the house of Stephanas. Besides, I do not know whether I baptized any other. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with the wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ be, should be made of no effect. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing For since in the wisdom of God the world through wisdom did not know God it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe for Jews request a sign and Greeks seek after wisdom but we preach Christ crucified to Jews a stumbling block and to Greeks foolishness, but to those who are being called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For, For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty not many noble are called But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise and God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty and the base things of the world and the things which are despised God has chosen and the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are that no flesh should glory in his presence but of him you are in Christ Jesus who became for us wisdom from God and the righteousness and sanctification and redemption that it is written he who glories let him glory in the Lord okay let's um let's really look at this Uh, much of what I've just read is some of the most powerful things that Paul has written now he had to deal with remember what I told you from the very beginning about Corinth this was a rich culture they were located in a place where there was a lot of um, trading between countries so they were prosperous Um, And they were very immoral. Um, (laughs) They had a lot of issues that Paul's going to deal with. And one of the first things that Paul's going to deal with is we've got some contentions, right? In other words, people are fighting. And one's saying, oh, you know, I belong to the group of Cephas and I belong to, hey, I'm in Paul's group. Oh, well, I'm in Apollos' group. I follow what pa- Apollo says. And Paul asks a very pertinent question. And this is the question he asks. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? And by the questions that Paul asks, we we really get and and understand that this was foolishness what they were doing, and that kind of um, contention, division, whatever you want to call that, it comes out of a root of pride. It comes out of a root of jealousy. So people were getting jealous of one another, and they were being very prideful and saying, hey, you know, I'm part of Apollos' group and I'm part of Paul's group or I'm part of Cephas's group. And Paul's asking the question, is Christ divided? The obvious answer is no, Christ is not divided. So he's saying, look, he even says, I plead with you, brethren. That's strong. That's a strong statement. I plead with you, brethren, that you all speak. The same thing. Now, what does he? Um, what is he actually saying there? He's saying, "Let's have you know, let's have unity here. Obviously, we're not trying to make cookie cutter Christians, but let's have unity, okay? Let there not be divisions among you. Let there not be dissensions, contentions, schisms." Paul saying that's that's not christ-like that's not how this works and um you know and then he takes a moment to just say look i didn't i didn't really you know i may have baptized a few people but that's really not why christ sent me didn't send me to baptize people he sent me to preach the gospel and paul makes a very important declaration here he says Christ didn't send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words. Lest the cross of Christ should be made of no effect. What exactly is he saying there? Well, he's saying, look, I didn't come to you with some slick words, right? I mean, there are preachers out there. They've got a slick way of bringing the message to you and um you know i'm not uh, Paul's saying i'm not some slick preacher trying to uh hypnotize you with words i'm not trying to come up come up with some really uh cool uh ways of saying things to draw you to christ lest the cross of christ be made of no effect in other words What I'm gonna if I if I do that, then everything I'm saying it 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 has no power behind it. There's no effectiveness to it. It has no power. If I come with slick words, and I try to entice you with some really cool things, then I've just made the cross of no effect, and if it will not be effective, the gospel, what I'm really saying to you, will have no effectiveness it won't draw you to Christ he says in verse 18 he says for the message of the cross and um, or the word the 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 message of the cross or the word of God is foolishness to those who are perishing but to us who are being saved it's the power of God in other words if you're not a believer the message message of the cross is is foolishness. you just think it's it's nonsense like if you're not saved, if you're not a believer in Christ and somebody starts talking to you about the message of the cross, cross you, you don't want to hear it, you think it's idiotic, it's foolish like get out of here, but to people who are believers, to us who are being saved and what he means there is The tense of that verb is saying, not that we're not already saved, but remember that being saved is um, a process. Yes, we're saved. We're born again. But he's talking about the process of sanctification, that process. So he's saying to us who are uh, in that process of sanctification, The message of the cross is the power of God it's power to us we relish it we hunger for it and then Paul quotes Isaiah 29 14 for it is written I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent so that's a prophetic word from Isaiah But it's a prophetic word from the Lord saying there's coming a day when I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. Uh, And there's coming a day I'm going to bring to nothing the understanding of those who think they are prudent. Because when you are not born again and you are, let's just say you're a professor. You could be a professor of theology and not be born again. You can be a professor of history, the arts, geology, uh, engineering. But if you do not know Christ, your wisdom is virtually nothing. And God will destroy the wisdom of the wise. People who think they do not need God. There have been great scientists, some of whom are now deceased Hitchens, Sagan these guys did not believe in God they thought that was foolish they were so high and mighty in their scientific pursuits that God was a joke well guess what the scripture says here I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent so I'd be careful I'd be careful if you're one of those people you mock God you scoff God you think it's foolish to know God Paul says in verse 20 where 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 are the wise where are those folks where's the scribe where's the disputer of this age has God not made foolish the wisdom of this world For since in the wisdom of God the world through wisdom did not know God that it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe in other words God's wisdom has always existed it existed from the beginning of the foundation of the world God's wisdom has existed but the world through its own wisdom, has not known God. See, there are many people out there, millions of them, who think they are very wise people. And it's through the wisdom of the world that they, um, you know, it's, it's their plumb line, the knowing the wisdom of the world. People who are hungry for knowledge, and they are scholars and they're teachers, but they do not know the wisdom of God. So God allowed it, and it pleased God through the foolishness of the message of the cross preached to save those who believe. See, it's so simple. come to Christ to come to Jesus all you have to do is believe you know come as a child children believe I mean you can you can teach children I mean they'll believe anything and that's why Jesus says that we need to come as little children because we simply need to believe that he is who he says And it's foolishness to to most people. Then he says, "Look at it from this respect. Jews, they want a sign. I mean, if they're going to believe something about God that Jesus is the Christ, they want a sign." To to the Greeks, who were um, thought to be the wisest of the wise, well. The message of the cross cross was foolishness to the greeks you know you're talking socrates plato but to those who are called both jews and greeks christ the power of god and the wisdom of god see if you just remember that christ is not Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. Simple. He's not just some weak uh, person that we believe in because we need a crutch. You hear people in the world say that. No, Christ is the power of God and he's the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. You know, those two scriptures there, 24 and 25, you ought to just memorize them because it's really the crux of who God is. I mean, his foolishness is wiser than any man on the face of the earth. I don't care how smart they are. I don't care if they're Stephen Hawking. The foolishness of God is greater than the wisdom of Stephen Hawking and all of these Great minds put together, Einstein, Hawking, you name it. Paul goes on to say, he says, for you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh. What's he saying there? Wise according to the flesh. These are people in the world that are wise. They are wise philosophers they are psychiatrists they are physicians they are engineers they are uh, NASA scientists your calling n- is uh, not many are called not not many wise according to the flesh not many Mighty not many noble are called. So it doesn't matter how smart you are. It doesn't matter how physically strong you are, how mighty you are, what you've been able to conquer. Um, it doesn't matter how noble you are. It doesn't matter if you are of some prestigious royal lineage. doesn't matter. Because God hasn't called those. He has chosen the foolish things of the world, things that look absolutely stupid and foolish. That's what God chooses. And he uses, He does that, you know why he does it? To put to shame the wise. And God chooses the weak things of the world. People that, you know, people that uh, couldn't possibly, um, you know, the least educated The poorest of the poor. That's who he'll choose. To put to shame the things that are mighty. So you get some billionaire, some influential rich person. Guess what? He'll take the poorest of the poor, the least educated, just like he took those fishermen, just like he took Peter and Andrew and James and John uneducated men who were nothing but poor fishermen and they turned the world upside down he took the weak things of the world the foolish things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty and he took the insignificant the base things the insignificant things of the world and the things which are despised Oh, that's who God chooses. He will choose the despised. Just when you think God isn't going to choose them, God will. He'll use those people. And the things which are not to bring to nothing. The things that are. Why? So that no flesh should glory in his presence see folks it's not about your strength it's not about uh, your might it's not about um, that you're the prettiest it's not about that you uh, are extremely wealthy it's not about the fact that you have three college degrees and a PhD because no flesh is gonna glory in God's presence so he's gonna use the most foolish He's going to use the insignificant people. He's going to choose the weak people. Um, And those who are despised, that's who God's going to use. He does it all the time. He's going to continue to do it. But I like this verse 30. But of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God. So Jesus became wisdom from God. Who? For whom? For us. And he became righteousness. And he became sanctification. The process of becoming holy. And he became redemption. Redeeming us from death to life. That, as it is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. So Jesus Christ, we just celebrated The death and resurrection of Jesus Christ this past weekend. And Jesus Christ became for us wisdom from God. He became our righteousness. And through him, we learn to become holy. And we understand that we've been redeemed from death to life. That is is awesome i tell you these scriptures from first corinthians 18 through uh, 31 this is like like the crux of the gospel and you know i i kind of i like this kind of stuff where christ is using people that we would never dream of we would never think of in fact, you know, if we made a list of 10 people that we thought, okay, this is God, who God's going to save, you know, because, hey, they're educated, they're influential, they could influence the kingdom, da-da-da-da, on and on. Well, that's not who God's going to choose. Yes, he does, he does save people that are wealthy, and he does save people that are influential. But he'll make sure that they understand That their wealth and their influence have no say-so in this game. This is about dying to self and taking all the things. You know, God has given us all special gifts. But he's going to make us understand that it isn't about being worldly wise. It's not according to to how mighty how influential how uh you know you may come from a blue blood line. it doesn't matter it doesn't matter who you came from it doesn't matter whether you have some incredible lineage because god's not looking for that he's looking for someone who will believe see he just wants somebody that will just believe that he is the wisdom of God, and that he came to redeem mankind. I think that is incredibly powerful. I'm going to go ahead and um, end there because if we once we get into um, actually chapter two of First Corinthians, actually. Paul is actually going on from this same kind of thought process there actually shouldn't be a break there but there is but for time's sake we're just gonna leave it at that and um, so let me just conclude by saying God is our wisdom he is our strength he is our redemption he is our sanctification he is our righteousness And we have to come to a place where we humble ourselves and recognize that our flesh, everything that we bring to the table in the form of flesh, he's not interested in. And that flesh is never going to glory in his presence. So we just humble ourselves. We humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God and recognize that we are nothing without him amen well this is Don Noble and you can go to www.pureheart.today and listen to this podcast again I surely uh, love your prayers I appreciate um, praying for this ministry it's very very important to me and I do relish that and if you um, if you really want to support this ministry you feel like this is something that is important to you you're getting uh, meat from this ministry and you want to support this ministry fine financially you can write me at Pure heart ministries p.o box 85 p.o box 85 valley grove west virginia two six oh six oh and you can send that your check to that address In any amount. And um, we are now a 501c3 ministry. And you know what? I'd just be happy to hear from you. I got thrilled. I got a letter from a nice lady. And, you know, she's never listened to us. And she just happened to flip it on. And she was really um, blessed. And she sent me $10 and said, you know, get a cup of coffee and a donut. And that really blessed me. So I'm just happy to hear from you, but, you know, being on the radio obviously is an expensive deal, especially being here on WWVA, but we love you, we bless you, and we look forward to being with you next time. So this is Don Noble saying shalom, shalom, peace be unto you.